The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Check, check, check. One, two. One to the two. One to the two. Two, 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 two. Hey, Scotty. What's up? I'm coming back. Oh, got a toot. Hold on. The audio fun bag is brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics. And now we kick it. All right, let's start with the uh, the important stuff. Chapter 35 of the Audio Fun Bag podcast, all brought to you by Responsibly Vodka. Don't tell me how to drink. And Norman's Electronics, NEIUSA.com. You can go online, book your service, get the, uh, you know, whether it's a DVDs, a flat panel, TVs, but also your vintage audio and video equipment. They can get all of that working as well. And uh, from what I understand... I probably should have taken that plasma TV that I, I love so much two years ago to, to Jamie Norman, but I didn't know. What about like a box set? What if I've got the old school like red, green, was it red, green, and blue were the lights in the back of the big screen TV? Did you guys have a big screen? Because you were poor when you were growing up. Uh, we had a, a big box TV where it looked like uh, it was like a giant wooden piece with like a TV in it. Was was it like a big screen project? When I say projector, no, I, I remember that my, the back. My aunt and uncle had one and I remember thinking that was one of the biggest pieces of shit I'd ever seen. I know, but it was big. Yeah, it was big. It was 55 or something they, like they that. They had that and they had a satellite dish in the backyard that got basically just porno. Like that was all that was different of what they got. There was no special sports channels or let's let's tune in the uh the big game out of New York. It, it, those things were so overrated in, in the 80s. So we had the big screen projection, which you don't know what to do with the extra like two and a half, three feet on the back of the TV. So it just sits like four feet from the wall basically. Someone convinced us, though, and I think it was just one of those rumors, those those urban myths. Is that what they're called? Urban, urban legends? legends? Yeah, whatever. Same kind of thing. And if you held up a giant magnet to the screen when you were watching scrambled porn, that it would unscramble the porn. It didn't, and instead botches all the colors on your TV. Thus what happened to Hoyt when he was 14 and the TV went out. Yeah, that's a dead giveaway that this is what you did. But you know what? I tried, and that's the thing. If you're going to try these things, at least go all out. Like someone tells you it unscrambles your porn, you know what? You give it a shot. I normally don't do the jerk moves that you do, but I think I kind of established a pretty good one today when we were in the other control room during Unbugged. I waited for the... Dutch oven? No, the shortest man in the building to be in there, and then I, I posed the hypothetical if... If taking a vaccine to cure your COVID or to protect you would it would work, but you would lose three inches in height, would you do it? So what's Zeno say? Well, it was Rhino. Is he who's shorter like, who's than like, Zeno? He was like five six. Aww. And he was like, Hell no. Like I didn't even pose it to him, but I was kind of curious if he would answer it. So are you posing this to me now? Is that what you're doing at this point? No, I just wanted to bring that up because football's back. Look, I, Big Ten. I survived the Rona, baby. I don't need your vaccine, Lowe's. I'm just really impressed that everything that we've told people of how this was going to play out has played out. So, yeah. Uh, congratulations. You're going to get 
now four of the Power Five playing, but but the Pac-12 won't play. That's just not going to happen. Well, no, it's on fire, low, so we can't huh. play now. Uh, here, here's my thing. For the entire time, like I was kind of getting off on telling Big Ten fans and Big Ten woke people, like, uh-huh. oh, you're not going to play and just making fun of them as we play, as the ACC started up last week, and we're, what, 11 days, 10 days, I believe, from starting up with Georgia-Arkansas? Yeah, I should have never run my mouth because now it's just one less team – to get, to get into the playoffs, right? Well, we have pondered what would happen in three Power Five conferences where, let's face it, what happened in the Big 12 over the weekend hurt the entirety of the Big 12 where Houston Baptist barely missed out on overtime with Texas Tech. They went for, for the dub. You then had Kansas go down to Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. And then what was it? Iowa State, who was ranked, got beat by Louisiana. And they were ranked 23rd. And, and I know where you're going with this, but... You were going to play with two conferences basically for four spots. But regardless, whoever wins that conference is in. Yeah, if I Texas know. Texas is I a know. one-loss team. If Oklahoma is, if they're a two-loss team, they still probably get in because they win that conference. But the strength of the conference would have led to a discussion of, would you get in in front of a conference champion? And that's where I would go with, I really, really, really think Florida had a, had a chance to sneak in. Let's say they lost one game. LSU was down compared to where they were last year. Hell, it's... Everybody's down compared to where LSU was last year. But if they beat LSU and lose to Georgia and they're a one-loss team who doesn't have to play Alabama in an SEC championship, dude, I think they were going to backdoor their way in. If Georgia loses twice or even lost once because you would get to say they never had their shot, so put them in. You had that same situation a couple of years ago when they did that into a Sugar Bowl where Georgia had to go play an extra game and then it turned into, well, look at us. We only lost to this. Don't we deserve to go to a big bowl game? And so they got in there. I I completely agree with you. That was a a definitely major factor of consideration. But now with the Big Ten, and keep in mind, like Ohio State's taking some major hits. We're talking like their best offensive lineman, their best secondary player. There there are some things that they're going to have to fight through. They're a good program. They're gonna I think they'll be there in the end. But I think it's gonna be interesting to see, given that they're a program that always seems to get tripped up by somebody. Is it possible in these crazy times that you might, over an eight-game season, have one trip up and that's enough to really hurt you? All right, first off, if you're Ryan Day, you're telling Justin Fields, you're taking every single snap this year. Yep. Because it needs to, the scoreboard needs to say 70-3. to three. And I, I don't know if they can even get in with one loss, especially if you're playing seven games and then one championship game. I don't know if that's enough to get in. To me, it's not enough for Wisconsin. It's not enough for Michigan, in, in my personal opinion, because you don't have – the, the whole crescendo that Ohio State basically has. Even though those are big-name schools, I don't think you have whatever – this literally was done so the, big, so the Big Ten can put Ohio State in the championship, basically. And here's the fun part about all of it. Their screw-up is the reason why they don't have a 10-game season. Because everybody else does. It is, but at the same time, does, does it work to their benefit? Like, if I'm Georgia right now, I'd love to play a seven-game season without Alabama on it. If I'm 9-1, and one, if I've got a 10-1 and one record – and I can sit back and say, hey, look, this is my one loss, and you're 8-0. Eh. Okay. 8-1, 9-1. Can I play this out for you? Ohio State plays eight games. They go undefeated, and they do the Ohio State thing where most of the games they're... Give me, give me seven and one in a conference championship game that they win, so they... You're going to give them seven? See, I think if you're seven and one and Georgia is a... 10-1 and one team, I put Georgia in. That's just my personal opinion because you played more games and you played an all-conference schedule with more games. That's why I'm saying if 
Ohio State is undefeated, and they win most of their games 45-10 like they normally do, and it's a tough one versus Michigan, and it's a tough one versus Penn State. And you have a Bama or a Georgia who's not a conference champion and has one loss. Who goes in? Ohio State or a one-loss Bama or a one-loss Georgia that did not win their conference? And I then wonder, because remember, the committee is made up of a group of people throughout every single conference. Like, there'll be people from the Pac-12 that'll be represented there, but there'll be more from the Big 12, ACC, SEC. If they're going to look at it and say, UMFers tried to ruin this for everybody, no. Like, overall, overall, Not overall, the idea of the college football committee is to put the best teams four. in. The best correct? four in, yeah. And we can say television, eyes, and audience, and everything else, but it's the best four. I can give you the best seven right now, and you can basically pick it out. The problem is who are going to be the three left out and who aren't. Like, Ohio State, it's the only one I'm giving from the Big Ten. Yeah. I, I, usual suspects. Ohio State, Oklahoma, Texas is going to be an option there. I will put them there. in. That's fine. Here's your Georgia. Here's your Alabama. Here's your Clemson. And then you can make an argument for, typically, there's some team in the SEC that makes that move and has that kind of season. Notre Dame, Florida, a and yeah, How about right. that? That's, that's all fine ones you can put in. I, I, we can put a list together of about nine teams or four spots. Is that good for the game, by the way, that we're it, there? It's just how it is. I know it is, yeah. but is that good for the game, I guess, is what I'm asking. What, that there are nine teams that have an opportunity every single year to win the championship? Yeah. Start recruiting, baby. Well, no, don't get me wrong. I'm glad I'm in the club. Yeah, I'm glad you're in the I'm club. I'm glad I'm in the club right now. But I'm just saying, overall, is that, like, <sighs> Collins gets this thing rolling. He gets this thing rolling. Are they really ever in the... It, they're in territory for 10 wins, maybe when they get this thing rolling. 9, 10 wins. Are you ever in that club, though? I don't think you can take a program to that club. But here's we talk about different neighborhoods. Like, the people that live in your neighborhood, my neighborhood, have a different view of life than somebody who works in or lives in another neighborhood. The person who's used to winning four games just wants to get to 9 or 10 because it makes the fall awesome for them. And they know... Maybe I get a chance once in a generation, a national championship, that's cool, but every year I do this. Your neighborhood would never accept nine, ten wins, ever. That would be that would be a poor season, and so it's all a matter of, of what your expectation level is and, and where you're at. If I'm Washington and I put together an 11-1 season, man, it's Rose Bowl and we're chasing this and we're awesome. But you ain't in the club. But you're not in the club. That's why normally nine and three keeps them. All right, hey, y'all had a good season. The funny thing is, I didn't. You could have asked Georgia fans back when Mark Richt was here, and we thought we were in the club. We were probably the only fan base in America that thought we were in the club. Then Kirby comes in. You're in the club now. Like that's the next level he's taken to. He's put you in the club now. Whether you do something with that or not, whether you can get over the hump if it's LSU, if it's Bama, if it's whatever. That's on you and your season, but you're in the club now, I, th- I think. Maybe I'm too close to no, it. No, you're in the club. You're talking about a level of recruiting. Like, we finished fifth and fifth and then in the playoffs the last three years. It's what I talk about when I bring up Michigan and Ohio State. Ohio State has a roster, along with Alabama and Georgia, that are about 78 to 80% four- and five-star athletes. Yeah, Michigan has a name. Michigan, while good, very good, carries about 55 57% four- and five-star athletes. It shows up in those games when they are so much deeper. They've got so many better players, it starts to wear you out. That That's where there's that difference. Georgia was recruiting in the 55, 57, 60% range. Now they're at 80%, and you see the depth and the difference. The competition level is different on those campuses when you have that. You get that at Clemson, you get it at Alabama, you get it at Ohio State, you get it at Georgia right now. Can I put you on the spot? On, 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 on the spot? 
I don't care. I know everybody's making a big deal. Who starts game? Who takes the first snap under center against Arkansas? I don't care about that. Who takes the first snap under center against Auburn? Ooh. Because that's when it matters. Is when it, it matters. Is it DeWan or is it JT? And this is without seeing any snaps against Arkansas. This is just what we keep. I got to stick to what we keep hearing. All right, you're going to go keep going DeWan. I got to keep going DeWan. All right, that's fine. Here's the thing. We've been hearing this for weeks, though. I know we have, but it's it's one thing to hear about what's going on at practices, what's going on at scrimmages and everything else. Munkin, when he rolled in, said, I want three things from a quarterback. Yeah. I want accuracy, I want arm strength, and I want athleticism. DeWan gives you two of those. I don't know about the accuracy part. He never said experience, by the way, which is the one thing I keep hearing and I would put in JT Daniel category is that he has the experience. Other than that, though, I don't I don't I think it's DeWan. I don't know. Well, JT Daniels at and, and again, it's it's really unfair to say, well, this is what he did as a freshman, so this is what he'll do here because guys get better as they move forward. They do when they take snaps. He right. didn't take any he took one game of snaps last year. But him and Jamie Newman each had the same completion percentage. They were both fifty nine percent passers. Now fifty nine percent in the ACC or fifty nine percent in the Pac twelve, we can argue, hey, it's dollars to donuts. These aren't the same things right now. But I think that's where we've seen having an athletic quarterback, it would be something different and challenges the defense. And I, I, I think that's where, while Daniels is, n- it's not like he's a bad athlete. He can move. I've, I've, I've shown you. He does move. He moves videos. really well he in the moves pocket. Very well in the pocket. And he can get out of the pocket and go get you seven or eight yards when he needs to. He sets up different throws. It's different than this guy's doing this by design. You saw what Jeff Sims did to Florida State, and that was a freshman who showed up and they just said, it's another element you got to defend. I also saw him throw a jump ball, though, for an interception, which is what you get out of a freshman. Absolutely. And that's that's my concern, and I'm pretty sure most of the audience didn't hang around for our sports discussion, by the way, because that's not why they're here. Can I, can I bring up one thing? Do you remember the very first game where Eason goes down? Uh-huh. And so, okay, here's Fromm. Do you remember that ball he threw up into double-triple coverage? I do. Okay. It was caught. It was. Wims caught it. Now, here was the deal. He caught it because he was a better athlete than everyone around him. The interesting thing is when freshmen make mistakes, when you have better players, better players tend to erase those mistakes. I think that's something you want to consider. That was also against Georgia Southern. Yeah, no, I get it. This is a 10-game SEC schedule. I know. But are you better athletically than Arkansas? Yes. Are you better athletically than most of the teams out there? Yes. Yes. Let's see what happens. Anyways, what I was going to say, can I pimp one thing? Yeah. Pimp anything you want. If you stayed all the way through this Georgia talk, then you're probably a Georgia fan. College football talk. All right, sorry, college football talk. You're probably a college football fan. Uh, Go check out Buck Baloo's UGA 40 podcast. It's on the same page here. Podcastpark.com. And it's it's him doing, is it an eight eight series, eight episode series? Yeah, he's got a a number of, of... interviews that he lined up and they're different angles to every point of the 1980 season so it's not just a well this is a game recap of this it's no here's what we thought about what kind of team we were and then all the players that kind of filter into these interviews uh, and just build the whole story of the season so episode one he's going to talk or he's already up he talks about um before the season starts and coming off the season before, and we knew we had this kid, Herschel Walker, that we were trying to recruit, and then he had committed to Georgia, and just kind of what was le- – they were not supposed to be a national championship team going into that year. And no, so they thought a, they were a good team that was adding some some additional talent. And so it's a really cool look, and Buck's our guy, so I just wanted to pimp that for him, even though 
You know, I know we're doing our own podcast. Right? Yeah. All right. Well, coming up next, it helps the podcast park. Listen, my back hurts from having to carry it. Would you stop that? I mean, oh, we're always having to carry it. Just because Domino hasn't updated his since July. Oh, has it been that long? It's been he, since July. He's run, he's run out of dead people. Well, so that's the thing about Domino's podcast. Like, he has his bag, his little bag that he talks about where he carries all these interviews with dead people. All like these souls. Like, it's Ghostbusters and he's carrying around just souls of dead people. But, baby, eventually your dead people interviews are going to run out. And then what do you do? You got to do a live show like us. Or you got to go find, you got to get more guys that are very close to death. <laughs> right? Isn't that what you do? Sure. Domino's going out and killing. You start making phone calls. You're like, tell me about the health of David Cohen. What if he was like a serial killer for like Hall of Fame baseball players? Just so he could, because his interviews get more hits when they're dead. He starts making phone calls. He's like, I hear Wade Boggs is in poor failing health. Like the card ain't worth shit while the guy's alive. The no. autograph ain't worth a thing while the guy's alive. But once the guy's dead, now the interview means so much more. So yeah, that's, that's. That's the podcast part. So he's running around just offing old baseball players. No, he's not so, offing yes, he them. Is. You know what he's doing? Yes, he is. He's going. He's poisoning them. He, he's making phone calls and he's finding out. Yeah, tell, tell me about your husband. Is he in good health? How <laughs> as, is he doing? As you hear the Dementia. Arc. Okay. Hey, uh, listen, can we line up five minutes? You hear the pacemaker in the back. Of, beep, Give me a beep, good day. Yeah. Can, does, he, does he have 10 minutes for us? <laughs> All right, coming up next. Hoyt has made a bad purchase, and I'm really excited about what I have back in my life on Sundays. Is it porn? It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics. Aren't you going through a divorce or something? You told me to bring it up. Guys like Don Sutton make sure that there's certain stories they don't tell. Spring training is different. So this is a Don Sutton story talking about his first internship. What kind of gigs did you have in the offseason? Uh, let's see. I made baby furniture, mm-hmm. sold cars. I was an intern at NBC for two years out in Los Angeles. That was fun. I would follow the news people around. Ground ball headed toward third. Over to his left again is Cosby. It's a quick, nice, easy inning for Mantiply, who will not multiply his pitches as he gets out of this with relative ease. First gig I ever did for them, I went out with the news guys, and there's a guy who had barricaded himself in his house with his mother, and he's shooting at us, and the bullet's whizzing over our TV truck, and he promptly walks out and puts a gun to his head and pulls the trigger. Eight to five, going to the eighth, Yankees leading. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, that was a fun little tale. Chapter 35. Who's it brought to you by, Lowe's? It's brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and also Norman's Electronics, NEIUSA.com. <laughs> I know. Why are you drinking an Insure, by the way? Ah, uh, so I started... So I told you this. Like, I, I'm i a grazer, Lowe's. Yeah. And I need to stop grazing. Like, who, what kind of animals graze? Cows, pigs. Or just say big fat ones. Oxes. Yeah, big fat ones. Big fat animals. animals. Animals graze. So... I wake up with the kids because my wife is lazy and makes all the money, so she holds that above my head. So I got to wake up with the kids, get their breakfast done, get their lunch ready for school and everything else. So I recently found myself just grazing on food. Like today, for example. I oh, made, please. What's the menu? I made chocolate chip pancakes. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, chocolate chips. So I take a handful and throw them in my mouth. Then I'm making lunch and I'm eating Triscuits and I have eight cheese balls in my mouth. Then I realize... I just ate half an Eggo waffle with peanut butter that my child didn't eat, chocolate chips, 
cheese balls, Triscuits, and maybe some leftover ham for breakfast. And I'm like, this is no way to go about life. So instead, I've been supplementing myself with Ensure Original to uh, to make my hunger go away. I'm going to lose weight, baby. I'm going to catch up to you without without losing meat. Can I take a look at that, by the way? Oh, yeah, now, that you're, now that it's a dip spitter. <laughs> and it's a good dip spitter, by the way, because it, it's not clear. I'm just taking a look because the... Okay. I was just wondering about the dietary fiber because then it runs through. And you also have 28% added sugars. Well, yeah. look, it, it tastes like butt, so they got to add a bunch of sugar to it. Yeah, I guess so. Well, no, I'm glad you're doing it. I'm glad you found a, a supplement. You didn't cool. say like all the good things in no, there. No, there's a lot of good things in there. You like got nine grams of protein. Zinc and calcium and... I tried today. I called. Can I buy you lunch tomorrow? Naikin? What is Naikin? I don't know. I'm can, getting 35% of it. Can I? Copper. Oh, sweet. <laughs> that sounds healthy. <laughs> You're going to turn into a penny. It'd be so awesome. <laughs> can I buy you lunch tomorrow? No. I'm going to get you drunken noodles. Quit pushing this on me. I asked you a question. With tofu. The other day, by the way. You're on... You're on death's door, whether it's like your deathbed or I don't know. You, you said if I was on, uh, you said if I was on death row. Yes. And I had my last meal, would I include meat? And uh, my answer for you was this. Probably not. That's so stupid. Because I wouldn't want to shit my pants for the last five or six hours. But you made this life change so you could be healthier and live longer and see your daughters walk down the aisle and blah, blah, blah. Maybe I should stop drinking. Yeah, the doctor told you to do that too, and you never <laughs> cut that out. But my point being is, I made choices. If you have nothing to live for at this point, eat the damn meat. It does taste better. It tastes better than a supplement. Do you you do get this right? Like they don't do the go get you Domino's pizza or go get you Whataburger or here let's go get you a, a Kobe beef steak. They don't do that. You're still eating out of the commissary in the lunchroom. Oh, that's not true. They're just getting you. That's not true. You get whatever you want. Absolutely. Like, the only thing that'd be different is like, oh, and I added like some uh, Rice Krispie treats. Like, they'll do that. Because I think, like, I've looked this up. It's on Twitter. Uh, Timothy McVeigh got like two pints of ice cream, and it wasn't ice cream from the commissary. No, they don't do this anymore. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's not like they went out. They didn't go to Ben and Jerry's and get him some chocolate chip. You're on death row. You get whatever you want. Nope, not anymore. More. They don't do that like that anymore. If well, like when you order a pizza, it's a pizza that's made out of the, the prison kitchen. I don't think you're right. I'm telling you, that's how it is. So you made a, a very poor decision. Hang on, I'm looking something up. Can you went and decided to add Nerf guns to your house? McDonald's in jail. Yes, I did. For you and your son. And you made the mistake of why did you get modified Nerf guns? Okay, first off. Not modified. They're called mods. Oh, of course. Yes, it's been mod. So you might as well get the language right. So in every like boy's life, you wouldn't understand because you can only produce girls. But in every <laughs> boy's life, like getting a gun is a cool thing. Now, for some people, it might be Nerf guns. For others, it might be like your first shotgun from your dad when you were 13 or whatever. So it was a very special time to hand Grayson his first ever Nerf gun when he turned four for his birthday. And we had a conversation of, you know, you shoot the nanny, you shoot your brother, you shoot mom, this goes away for weeks and weeks on end. But you can shoot dad and we can have fun. And I even bought myself one thinking like, we'll have Nerf gun wars out in the backyard and share a beer together and all that stuff. Well, apparently I bought it from the wrong site on Amazon. You can buy mod Nerf guns, which the Nerf gun coil or spring on a regular Nerf gun, it just looks like a coil or a spring. 
The one I bought looks like an industrial coil and spring, and Los, he started shooting me, and it left welts on my body. Like, I don't know if you can see, there's like a blood thing, is yeah. it on this eye or this eye? It yeah. looks like a zit. Popped you on the left side. No, he popped me on the left side right there, where now I have to wear masks and goggles in order for him to shoot me. Yeah, this is where I'm telling you that you're going to have to make the, it's like a Christmas exchange. Where you get rid of the old toys and the new toys come in? Nah, dog. He's already figured out, like, this is badass. I can't go down a level on him. You're going to have to kind of reel it back because he's going to take his brother's eye out. It, and maybe yours, too. And a testicle. It would have been like your parents giving you a Sega Genesis or a Nintendo. Oh, no. And then being like, me. hey, here's an Atari instead. We got you the wrong one. Yeah, that would have been poor. Exactly, which is exactly what this scenario is. I can't take it away, so I got to figure out something else. Like... Do I shoot the shit out of him and hurt him so that way he realizes, like, hey, there are repercussions for no, because, shooting people? Because then guess what you're doing? You're putting welts on him and then sending him to like preschool or wherever. But I'm also teach. I'm, I'm also sending him to school with a lesson as well. That yeah, yeah, it's a lesson. But guns hurt people until the state comes to to <laughs> check out you and do a welfare check. Well, I will explain to the state what I just explained to you, and they would listen to this podcast, use it in court, and I would be fine. This does remind me of something on Netflix that I don't know if you're this much into it. So there's a documentary I was watching called High Score. Oh, good. It's not that other one about the young girls. No. What was it? The cuties or whatever <laughs> cuties. people are upset about. No, I was watching High Score, and it's a documentary on like the rise of home video games, and they just went through- Home video games? Systems. Oh, okay. I thought you were like talking about like made-up video No, okay. no. They just went through the early 90s of Sega Genesis trying to take down Nintendo. Which it never did. Like, oh, they did. Did they? Bullshit. Here was the reason why. Nintendo for life, son. They were offering a 16-bit system. Remember, yeah. Nintendo was just 8. Well, so, and there was also a TurboGrafx-16, I believe, at the time as well. Did they get into the TurboGrafx? They're not there yet. Okay. But right now, they, they basically went through, the primary guy for Sega USA had these certain plans. He's like, first off, we've got to lower the price. So it was like $199, they went to like $149. He's like, now we have to take down Mario. And so their counterpart for Mario... Sonic? Yeah, which, from a visual standpoint, was totally different than what you were playing. One looked like a kid's game, the other one looked like, wow. It was, but the gameplay itself, I enjoyed the Mario story behind Mario, if that makes sense. You then mean every single time you get to the princess, she disappears with Bowser? Okay, Sonic invited like nine tails into the game, and they thought that was like an advancement. So then... All you did was run in a circle over and over again with Sonic. Then they got into Make It Cool. Which what they did is they started holding international game competitions on games like Sonic and things like that, so people thought it was cool. Also, more sports games. And that's where it gets into them bringing in John Madden into EA. So they had John Madden. I remember Tony LaRussa baseball. Tony LaRussa baseball. You also had Bill Walsh football. Football, yes. Right. And then the last thing, which they're going to get into, is attack Nintendo, which is basically make it look like it's an outdated old system. And so that's where I'm at in it. But it, it was kind of cool. You bring up like an Atari versus, uh, you know, having a Genesis. It's funny how Genesis was like it for both of us for a long time. But when does Nintendo then make the leap? Because I remember at the end, so it goes Super Nintendo. Did Sega have a follow-up to Super Nintendo? So you had the Super Nintendo that went to 32-bit. Correct. And then you also had the Nintendo 64, which was that. So it was the 64, I believe, against the Dreamcast, the Sega Dreamcast? The Sega Dreamcast, which basically failed. And that controller was shit, by the way. Yes. It was too clunky. But there has always been at least two in the market. And so what slipped into to pass Sega America PlayStation. was Sony PlayStation. So Sony PlayStation versus Nintendo 
And then now the more of your modern is while the Wii did really great, which I'm sure they'll cover this later. It's largely the adult is covered by Sony and Microsoft. I love all this. I was always a Nintendo guy, though. I, I get it. I, I love the Nintendo 64. I even got Nintendo Powers. Do you remember that? The, the magazine? The little magazine yeah. that would walk you through games. Nintendo had Zelda, which held me on for... Dude, I still played Nintendo Zelda on the 64, the little tiny bit 64 I have. But they also had some crap games. Like, oh, did Sega have Street Fighter, though? Nintendo had Street Fighter. Sega was a Street Fighter game. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does that look like good lobster tail, by the way? Like something you would find in a really nice restaurant? It's going to be fake lobster, so I'm going to say no. Um, no, because that's Alan Tiny Davis, who was serving 54 years in Florida for robbery three counts, including murder, got the electric chair. He ordered lobster tail, fried potatoes, a uh, half pound of fried shrimp, and six ounce of fried clams. See? You can get it from outside the prison, no, dude. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it's not the same quality that you think it's going to be. I watched it in Shawshank. They brought in food from the How outside. How spare does that look? That looks good. No, it does not. Let's see. This is the... Timothy McVeigh. Teresa Lewis, oh, 41 years. Uh, murder, conspiracy, robbery, lethal injection. She wanted fried chicken, peas with butter, apple pie, and a Dr. Pepper. What's wrong with that? It just looks... Look at this. That is not... That's not a final yummy meal right there. Oh. This is... I saw the movie with Jamie Lee Fox, and who was the guy from 300? Uh, Ronnie Threadgill no, that Murder wrong. Lethal Injection Want a baked chicken Mashed potatoes With country gravy Vegetables Sweet peas oh, uh, Bread you. Tea Water And punch Last meal And then, and then it, it makes your Texas abolished The last meal In 2011 So he's given The same meal As everyone in his unit Ted Bundy Got a rack of ribs And eggs They don't have a rack Of ribs in prison yeah, dude. I'm telling you But that was the 80s man He, he got electrocuted okay, In like late 80s Early 90s my point, I win. You're going to go back and do that? My argument, I oh, win. So I want to finish up this segment with this. So my Sundays are back. I started getting after it. I'm getting hungry now. Like 1 o'clock. Uh, alcohol. And I didn't, because this is your Saturday. Like your Saturday is like get going all the way through and there's Pac-12 games. And so you'll finish off like 2 o'clock in the morning. There were Pac-12. I was, I think it was about 1130 after the Sunday night football game. And I legitimately was like, Oh my God, I forgot what this is like. Baby boy, you got to get in game shape. I know. I haven't had any of that. It, it went. It was an all-day thing where I'm like, here's the Falcons game. I was like, that was cool. And then I kind of throttled back a little bit in the 4 o'clock hour. <coughs> then I picked it up again at 7.30 because I had to pregame for 8.25. Do you nap? No, no. Not during these? No. There's nothing better than the 4 o'clock nap because you get you get the game over right around 4.15. All the games basically finish. They may bleed into that 4.30 right for that national kickoff. There is nothing better than sleeping in the first half of pro football. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, and then I, you catch up real quick. I closed eyes at right around like 7.30, 7.40. No, no, you can't do that. That's where you're going to catch up on the Sunday Night Football broadcast. But that's where all I did was just catch a little bit of rest, and then it was like... Here we go. Let's do this. So that Sunday is back. So I'm very happy the NFL is back because 1 o'clock on Sunday, Cowboys and Falcons, and then I'll kind of go from there. Like, I'll be on vacation, so I might watch some more games, but I will get after it by noon 30 on Sunday. Here's how I like to personally play it. I like to watch my noon games kick off. Hell, I used to go through the routine. Yo, college game day from 10 to noon. I won't touch college game day anymore. It's just whatever yeah, but they're still they're wheeling Corso out and he doesn't need to be out there and I just feel bad but that's a whole nother thing but and Desmond Howard ain't the sharpest knife around no oh god but, some of that analysis but I would watch the, the I would watch kickoff at noon 
and whether it's the Big Ten game, the noon game, or whatever, and I would normally fall asleep right around second quarter, take myself, because I had Buck Show at the time, take myself a nice little nap, and I would set my alarm, because I had done this too many times, I would set my alarm for 3.30, because I can't tell you how many times you missed that I, I slept till 4 and I missed the CBS kick. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? But there's nothing better, Los, than doing that. Now, the worst part of it is when you do take the nap and you wake up and you're already hungover on the same day you've gotten drunk, that's an issue, and that one hurts. you got to fight through pretty hard just to get through the 7 o'clock SEC game. This was, oh man, what was it? Maybe about a month ago, three weeks ago, where I had something similar happen. I woke up at 9 o'clock. I'd been like asleep from like 5, 5.30, like 9. P.M.? Yes. Okay. And I popped up and was like, is it? <laughs> is it the same day? <laughs> and then you realize it's the same day. Like I, we, I'm trying to remember what we had done. Maybe it was golf, or maybe it was it was something. I was like, man, I got home and I was like, I just need to close my eyes for a few, and popped up and I was like, where am I? There's no worse feeling, by the way, when we actually get into fall, and I'm talking like November fall, when we turn back clocks and you take a nap and you wake up and it's completely dark outside, and you're like, is this a new day? What is going on now? Jesus, what day is it? <laughs> Are you there? Sunday? No, and, still Saturday. It's and amazing. The, and there was a small thought in my mind of, well, I can go to bed or I can go down to the basement. No, there's no going to this, bed because now you're going. talking about like a good 14 hour sleep that no one does. I swear I went to bed. I, I put on like good bones and was like, <laughs> all right, I'm going to go to sleep for a little while. And it was like 10 o'clock and I woke up the next morning at like 730 feeling like I had won the lottery. I was like, oh, I feel incredible. But that was after a very long weekend of of getting after it. So, all right, coming up next. What are we going to give him? What are we going to give him? Hospice comedy. What? That's not funny. Unless Domino kills him, then that's funny. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics. Looks like the sun is coming up, Chuck. Shades on in Dark Club. Final piece of audio comes to us from the Rude Awakening. Now, this is a situation where when you get a caller on the line and, and they sit on the line, they do the interview, you always have to make sure to then drop the phone line because if not, you get this. All right, Kevin, listen, we appreciate it. We'll do it all again tomorrow. You got it, fellas. Thanks. You got it. Kevin McAlpin, our SunTrust OnUp reporter. SunTrust OnUp, helping spark the light to financial confidence for all of Atlanta. Go to OnUp.com or visit the new OnUp facility in the Battery near SunTrust Park. Hashtag OnUp. Don't you think you watched Bartolo pitch at all last year? Yes. He's baffling. Hello. (laughs) Kevin had one more thing he wanted to add because he's... If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. If you need help, hang up and then call your operator. I don't want to make a call. Thank you. All right, we've got the wrap-up just ahead. That's the audio fun bag. Here, here, here is the shocking part. Thank you. We're the, we're the good choices for management. Uh, maybe. We're the ones who kind of know how to do it. Oh, was anybody there to press a button and just disconnect the phone? Hello. <laughs> Responsibly Vodka and Norman's Electronics brings you Chapter 35 of the Audio Fun Bag Podcast. Well, Thank you to them. You're two out of three on hitting the sponsors. Yeah, yeah, well, you're one of none, actually. Let's see. Oh for 1. You're like, 0 for 1. Look, I sit in this chair and I carry a lot of the load, okay? You are so full of it. By this, the way... This is the Chuck Oliver role. I'm doing well. We once again have a plan coming together for a a show trip. 
Let's not do this. I'm just saying that there's a possibility. Okay, last time we talked about going out and taking this show on the road. And then we had a global pandemic. So I'm just not saying I'm not saying it's our fault. <laughs> but But we also were the first show in December that was telling you about, hey, them's a holes eating bats in China and the shit's gonna mess some stuff up. Yeah, so maybe well, we but, it, but they, well, they didn't even do that. Got out of a lab. Come on. I'm not going down this road. What? Just is it a weaponized I, version I've of gone down this thing road that was put out in the world to affect global markets? I'm going to go QAnon on you. <laughs> Don't laugh at me and my rabbit holes that I go down. I know. It's weird. You also tell me about the Kennedy assassination and everything else. Okay. There's people too People want to believe in... In no, these sort of they things. don't want to believe when you don't give everybody answers on everything, you're left to your own devices. You're left to figure it out the, your old-fashioned way, which is making shit up. You fill in the gaps. Speaking of filling in the gaps. Yes. So this audio we're going to play was from when Chuck Oliver was trying to find somebody to house sit for him because that's one of his gaps. And when he travels, he, w- he wants a house sitter. Did you ever, because you've worked with Chuck longer than I have, did you ever house sit for him? No. I almost said house shit. Did you ever house shit for him? No. Did you ever house, okay. I've never been inside an Oliver residence. So I've, well, I went over to his new place outside of Tucker. It's kind of uh, like a haunted house to me. Like, I, I think I'd be creeped out. So this, okay, his current one is very haunted housey because he has a lot of, well, Chuck's old. Like he, doll, doll face masks and okay, dolls? No, but they, yes, dolls. They have a room where there are dolls, and I guess Kristen had a thing with dolls, but they also have a lot of older pictures, like Chuck's grandmother, but it's, you know what I mean? It's one of, it's it's those yeah. weird, like, pictures of Chuck when he was a young child with his parents, and it just has that old haze on the picture and, and everything like, else. And he's dressed like Pinocchio? Yes. Yeah. He's got the little makeup right there, but I've, I've house sat once for Chuck back in Tucker, and, uh... It's an experience, man. I will say that. You missed out on that. It is definitely an experience. Like Ingram Smith, in intern of ours years and years ago. Yeah, it's a decade ago now. Stayed at Chuck's place and house sat for him because Chuck will go out of his way to find interns or whoever to house sit and watch the dogs. And Chuck, Chuck got home and there was a knife in Chuck's bed, a butcher knife. <laughs> and it's because Ingram was sleeping there and he was hearing things in the middle of the night and it was Tucker. So he thought to be safe... He would sleep with a butcher knife in the bed just in case someone came in, but then he had to let Chuck know, hey, there's a knife in your bed, and here's why. So this piece of audio you're going to hear <laughs> is the time when our dear friend, Brandon Joseph, he was propositioned. He was propositioned by Chuck Oliver to house sit for him. And Chuck, when he gets in these kind of bull in the china shop things, doesn't ever really listen to anybody. Brandon gave him a perfectly good answer as to why he didn't think he could, and that was not going to fly for Chuck, and here was that moment. So there was a moment. I was out a couple of weeks ago because I think I had flu or something, I don't know, whatever abnormality was running through my house, and you had Brandon Joseph, BJ, who was subbing in at the time. Well, at the same time, Chuck was also looking for a house sitter. He was planning on getting out of town, and for some reason he has a very awkward policy of finding a house sitter for the dogs and making that person stay over. Well... Brandon Joseph tried to explain to Chuck why he could not sit his house. Are you going to house sit for me? I do not know. The f***, Brandon? Uh, my grandmother's in hospice care, so we're kind of just waiting. So we don't have any timetable on anything just yet. But your grandma doesn't care if you house sit. <gasps> What's Chuck, happened since then, Chuck? Y'all got a new okay, football coach there, is that right? <laughs> yeah, that. 
That, that one wasn't. How's, that was, his, how's that, Brandon's? That, that actually played out that way. Yeah. I didn't understand what he was saying. How's, gran, how's Grandma? She passed. Yeah. Where's your dad at? <laughs> <laughs> so you. She wh- passed. Once he said she's in hospice, shouldn't you have said, oh, I'm sorry? Grandma hospice, doesn't care if you house it. Did that word trick you, hospice? Is that a tricky one? Hospice. What does she mean? She's in hospice. Okay, I'm going to give you a little window into Chuck. A lot of bouncing back from hospice. <laughs> Sometimes when I when I enter a conversation, I am wholly, solely, stone cold concerned only with Chuck. No. You know, football coach there, is that right? No. This is breaking news. And so when I asked Brandon, for instance, hey, are you going to house it? He could have said, unless the earth continues crashing into the sun. Right. Okay, well, if it doesn't, are you going to house it? But you heard grandma because you responded with, what does your grandma I, care I, if you... I normally filter out a lot of the information. Right. Let's grandma see, doesn't problem, care if you house challenge. it. What's that tricky word that got him in there? Hospice. Ooh, hospice, hospice. <laughs> well, have hospice at my house and house it. That shouldn't have been played. That's too late now. That should not have been played. Grandma's not here anymore. Shout out to BJ Grandma who passed, but he still got the offer to house it despite her being in hospice. You want to have a moment of silence? Moment of silence. Well, we were just having it. You, you talked over it. No, you just talked over it. We were just doing it right there. No, it was after I said. Moment of silence. Okay. Oh, I thought it'd been cool if that just ended the podcast. No, no, it was a. Shiny, happy moment of silence. Shiny, happy people. Okay, moment of silence. Is it? Is the moment over? Are we still doing the moment of silence? Can we do it again? 